All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Straight to the Mat Podcast, your favorite wrestling podcast on Podbean. Um, you know, it's one of your hosts, uh, Ravishing Rick, a.k.a. Slick Rick the Ruler, and uh, our other host, the Cerebral Analyst, the Ness. All right, Ness, so uh, our topic will be the WWE Superstar Shakeup between, you know, Raw and SmackDown, right? So that, that was like a big thing that happened uh April 16th uh, through the 17th, uh, right? Uh, so that was, like, really shortly after WrestleMania, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, tradition, right? The WWE, once the roster, you know, is split, at, you know, for the first time, then usually, you know, they do the superstar shakeup. You know, they send people, you know, from Raw, SmackDown, you know, kind of freshen things up. And it's cool, you know, it's kind of a new way to see, you know, uh, matches you've never seen before or, you know, to rekindle feuds, you know, uh, or start new feuds, whatever, um, you know. So, you know, we'll be discussing that today, but, uh, you know, uh, CM Punk has been, you know, kind of at the forefront of a lot of attention this week, um, you know, and, that, and today is actually the, uh, you know, June 10th, Sunday, um, and, and within this, you know, last week, you know, CM Punk's been, you know, at the forefront only because, you know, uh, he was having uh, his second UFC match against Mike Jackson, um, you know, there's there's this speculation about is you know he going to be wrestling at the uh, all in uh, pay per view that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are, are, are throwing in Chicago in September, and then also uh, the court battle he won against a WWE doctor for a defamation suit, um, which were you know him and Cole Cabana, where uh, he actually you know came out victorious. Um, can't say the same. Spoiler alert: uh, CM Punk loses. Uh, his fight against uh, Mike Jackson, but he actually survives three rounds, 15 minutes, and lasts way longer than his first fight. But, uh, you know, showed a lot of moxie, a lot of fight, a lot of heart, but didn't get the win. And, and this guy, Mike Jackson, you know, a ridiculous guy. Like, he doesn't even belong in a UFC ring. So, you know, I hope to never see him in a UFC fight or even Bellator. But, uh, you know, I do hope, you know, UFC, you know, I hope this isn't the last we've seen of CM Punk in the UFC or MMA if he wants it so bad. Um, you know, it takes a lot of heart to step in and do that. You know, go from professional wrestling to make that leap. Not everyone does it. You know, you've had guys like Kurt Angle try. He never even got his match. Um, but then you have, like, some naturals, you know. But then also a guy who had, like, you know, previous experience in amateur wrestling, uh, all collegiate. Uh, Brock Lesnar, who made the transition look uh, seamless, you know, like, just easy. Um, but yeah, man, CM Punk. The reason I want to talk about him is because, like, with this whole thing, this whole week, it always, you know, the, the big question with CM Punk is, is really never when's the next UFC fight or the next MMA fight. It's always about when CM Punk coming back to wrestling. When's your next wrestling fight? Do you think we'll ever see CM Punk back in the ring now that he won this court battle, right against you know uh, Chris Ammon or Ammon or whatever the hell his name is from WWE? It was a defamation suit, right? They basically said, you know, CM Punk basically said, hey, this guy just cleared me right away to let me go back into the ring when I was hurt. And, you know, when I had the staff infection, whatever, he just, like, threw me whatever, and that was it, right? It was, there was, it was, like, a big defamation suit, and that may or may not be, it's not, not per, you know, it's not word for word exactly what happened, but whatever. And Cole Cabana got thrown into it because they used his platform, to you know, cause defamation or whatever, tarnish this guy's reputation, but that's over now, right? 
also, the other thing is WWE could have maybe caused this situation, this this lawsuit, whatever. But with this done, does CM Punk ever come back to wrestling? And if so, is it in WWE? Is it in TNA? Is it in ROH? Is it in New Japan? Uh, you know, CM Punk is denied at all costs that he'll, he'll never be he'll never wrestle again. He's never, he's not going to wrestle, but he's kind of also alluded that depends. No one's ever really made me a formal offer, right? But he says he has no inclination on doing it. What do you think? I'm sorry, I just went on this like yeah. huge rant and tirade. But what are your thoughts? Do we ever see CM Punk again? No, I believe CM Punk is done with wrestling. I think he has no desire to step back in a wrestling ring. You know, after everything that he said, everything that he went through, um, I believe he 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 could do better somewhere else. And I think he's gonna put his emphasis now on uh, more on MMA. Uh, you know, it's funny because it's a shame, man, that, like, whether it, it was his own demons or it was the WWE being the demon here, but this guy was one of the most entertaining in, in you know, wrestling, right? He was, um, he was a good wrestler. You know, great performer, great on the mic, was a hell of a heel, had the longest reign, in WWE his, uh, current WWE history with the title belt, except now they're having Brock Lesnar kind of surpass that, which stinks, right? But it's probably the only way to get rid of the uh, CM Punk stench, so to speak, right, for them. Um, but it sucks, man. It sucks to see such a great talent, man. And this is kind of like when Shawn Michaels had to retire early, mm-hmm. and then he came back and did whatever he did, you know, and had a successful run, you know, similar to that, except with you... CM Punk, it, it, there's more controversy behind it, you know. The WWE basically did hold him down, right? And you can see it on TV because, yeah. you know, where he was put on the card, you know, um, the fact that he wasn't getting the pushes or the push that, you know, some guys were getting. Again, you know, there's always two sides to the story, so you don't really ever know what the other side's story is, which would be the WWE. But for what I, you know, from what I saw... I mean, even with Dan Bryan, like they always wanted to keep the small guy down, right? And, w- and and WWE saw what value they can get out of putting the belt on a guy like Daniel Bryan, right? And you know, when he was gone, it was like there was a huge void there, mm-hmm. right? And now that Dan- uh, that Daniel Bryan is back, right? Um, it's like this void has been filled again, right? And I feel like with CM Punk, that's like missing in WWE. You're missing this talent on the mic. And a guy who can have a great match. And I think, man, right now, with everyone who's on the roster, this would be the time for CM Punk to be there. Yeah, it's like I could compare it to, uh, no, well, not really, like Jeter retiring from the Yankees and you know, watching Yankee games. You normally. Yeah, you're used to seeing, used to seeing there, Jeter. not there anymore. And now with CM Punk, I agree completely with everything you said about CM Punk. Great talent, great on the mic, great wrestler. But I think him personally, he's not passionate about wrestling again. He said to himself like he's lost his passion for wrestling. He lost his desire, you know, for something that he grew up loving and is aspiring to be a, a superstar, a wrestler. 
But um, like you said, it's a shame. Uh, you know, but like in the world of wrestling, it's never say never, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen guys like the Ultimate Warrior come back, Hulk Hogan. But then there guy uh, Bret Hart, who probably was more controversy, but Bret Hart. Um, but you never saw a guy like Macho Man come back, right? So there is a possibility that Punk never comes back, right? With Savage, they were kind of mending the bridge through the you know Legends deal, where you know he was in a WWE game, then he started making his like figures again, right? So eventually, that could have maybe mended that gap, right? That could have bridged that gap to get Savage back in the fold. And I always compare CM Punk to Savage because I, I just feel like both of them were never the top guy, but they were top guys. But they never were the guy, right? Because when there was Savage, there was Hogan, right? Even when it was WCW, there was Savage, and then there was Hogan. Uh, with the WWE, there was Orton, but then there was Cena. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I take that back, excuse me. Fart, but also I wasn't mention Orton. Anyways, there was CM Punk, but then there was Cena. There was CM Punk, but then there was like Randy Orton, right? Like these were their top guys when CM Punk was there. And then The Rock came and just obliterated CM Punk took his belt, and then he left again. And then, you know, Roman Reigns is now being groomed to be the top dog, right? So CM Punk, even though he was used as a top guy, he was never the guy, right? Um, and I always thought that was a shame. But uh, enough about CM Punk. But this is a great segue, right? Talk about filling voids, talk about dream matches. Uh, let's talk about the Superstar Shake-Up. All right, now, so what was your overall grade for uh, this superstar shakeup, for both Raw and SmackDown, give like a a B grade. Why B? Um, there's, there was some some movement that could have other movement that could have been done, or some movements that shouldn't you know been done. But you know, WWE's you know always looking ahead and probably already planning out a storyline for the end of the year and next year as well. Uh, but, you know, we just have to, you know, run that down individually. And, you know, you'll see, you know, if it's a pro or it's a con for, you know, for whatever brand they're going to or for whatever brand they're coming from. So my my overall grade for this draft was also, like, a B. Like, I wasn't, like, overly impressed. I guess I was also, like, I don't know. I guess I was maybe picturing certain guys staying on certain shows and then... Maybe certain guys go into the other show. I mean, really, I guess what it comes down to is, like, the writing, right, on both shows, right? Really the matches, the storylines, you know, how they build up and stuff like that. I, I think that's probably really what's going to make or break the draft. But, you know, there were, there were just certain things that I wanted to see that I guess we didn't get to see. And... We still haven't seen it, and I think uh, you know, and, and we'll break it down maybe further once we once we get down to the actual draft picks. Um, but like the big disappointing thing was that the Bullet, I guess, well the Bullet Club or the Ballard Club, this was another opportunity to get all four of them together, right? Uh, Finn Balor, 
you know, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and AJ Styles. And they didn't. And I think, you know, the fans really want that. And they just haven't given it to us. Well, they didn't. They're on the same show, but they just didn't give it to us. Well, AJ AJ's on SmackDown. Finn is on Raw. So, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, I just don't think that we're ever gonna like. I don't ever think that we'll ever get that. I mean, do do you think we'll ever get that? We'll have all four of them. Yeah, on the same show and like form a stable. If it's been teased, but they they actually never gone ahead and done it. And I thought this would have been a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, they keep uh, not you know putting the trigger on that, like just backing out. Like they give us like a little, you know, preview or a little, you know, tease. Like oh yes, and then it just whatever. Well, like for me, it's funny because I mean, look at the undisputed era. The Undisputed Era is basically comprised of ROH guys, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the thing, right? So why not, why not put the Balor Club together? Especially if you stopped, like, the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks from actually using the Too Sweet. Like, what are you doing? If you have this property, why are you doing something with it? You know, this is where sometimes I feel the WWE drops the ball. Well, it's not the first time they drop it. No, but I mean, come on. Like, how much longer are you going to have these guys all at the same place and to actually be able to do this? Yeah, like I said, um, they've been just teasing and teasing and teasing us with, you know, having the club, you know, form together. Either these very you know not to use the word scared it's just they, they are very adamant of using all of them at the same time in yeah the I mean they, they like seem very hesitant to do so right but also like why because it's something that Bullet Club's doing and it's still relevant. They don't want to, like, duplicate it. But, you know, I just think it'd be interesting. So I, I guess I can see from both perspectives, but I still want to see it. But that's just me. But uh, how about how about give us a breakdown of the uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, roster draft? Breakdown of the Raw and SmackDown split throughout this uh, Superstar shakeup. We'll start with Raw. Raw acquired Jinder Mahal. Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Zack Ryder, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Natalia, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Cornar and Victor, Bobby Roode, Mojo Rawley, Mike Canales, and Chad Gable. SmackDown has acquired. Jeff Hardy, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Samoa Joe, Big Cass, Asuka, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, Cesaro, Sheamus, R-Truth, and The Miz. Okay. All right, so uh, so you can see there's there's a couple of cha- changes to the roster. Um, some of the superstars stayed where they stayed. So, you know, Roman, Seth. 
Finn, Braun, Elias, uh, some of the, the bigger names there, they, they stayed on Raw. You know, I thought, I was definitely expecting maybe one or two of them to go, you know, uh, to another to, to the other show. I thought maybe Roman Reigns for sure, but they kept him there. Um, you know, on uh, the SmackDown side, AJ and Shinsuke both stayed. I actually thought maybe Shinsuke was going to maybe go to Raw. That didn't happen, but but they're also continuing the feud um, with AJ and uh, Shinsuke. And on the woman front, uh, Charlotte stayed stayed put. Uh, SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Bailey both stayed uh, on Raw. So did um, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, uh, Mickey James. Right, she also stayed on Raw. On the SmackDown side, Becky, Naomi, right? She's not being part of Absolution. You know, she uh, takes out the GM role on uh, SmackDown, so I think that's probably pretty, uh, pretty cool deal, right? So they're on SmackDown now uh, with Paige, and I thought that was a pretty smart move, especially uh, after announcing her retirement on Raw. And the next day, she shows, shows up as a general manager position, right? So that was pretty cool. Um, but like, so, so you ran down through the list of all these like, you know, superstars who moved from Raw, who moved from SmackDown, any particular superstar you wanted to see somewhere that they didn't go on this list. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we also forgot to mention like some of the NXT call-ups. Well, so, NXT call-ups, uh, you have... Uh, Andrade Sin Almas coming up to the main roster uh, joining SmackDown uh, with uh, Selena Vega and also you got uh, Eric Young Alexander Wolf, and uh, Killian Dane Sandy Sanity going to SmackDown as well and the author of Pain uh, coming up to Raw okay so so these these are the superstar shakeups, right so you had call ups and then you had people actually move brands you know, then also we had the return of Bobby Lashley. All right, so that's a big one too, right? And uh, it looks like Bobby Lashley was just like, you know, automatically just put on the A-show. Now, <clears throat> with this, again, I had mentioned before, was there anyone you wanted to see go somewhere else? Anyone you wanted to see to stay put? And do you think that, like, with this Raw shakeup, they also, like, kind of combined some people, right, into, into teams, right? Uh, most notably, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, right? We can, like, break that down and get into that separately. But what uh, what are your feelings on, 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 like, what I said, right? Like, comment. I want, I want to hear your comment on uh, what you think. Oh, some, some moves, storyline-wise, made sense. Some of them didn't. Um, my fear is I don't want some particular superstar to be you know, lost in the shuffle. So I would have loved to see Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That would have definitely opened up more storylines for him yeah, on not, SmackDown. Not, not the same costume battle. With AJ Styles, he could have gone with uh, Shinsuke. Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you know, but we didn't see that. Then we hope. Also, I mean, the, the other big thing is to Daniel Bryan. Is now part of the SmackDown roster, and he's backed into this whole thing. Absolutely. So that could have been another possibility there. Uh, Daniel <clears throat> Bryan and uh, yeah, Roman Reigns. Also, 
who could have said that Daniel Bryan could have been drafted to to Raw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I have him go against uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. The IC belt. Yeah. Um, Finn Balor. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Insane. Yeah, because the styles are technically kind of like similar, per se. Um, yeah, so for me, it was. I thought Seth Rollins would be moved to SmackDown or um, uh, Roman Reigns. Now, um, you know, he's still on the same show. Uh, then the return of Bobby Lashley was pretty much a big impact. But, you know, he's doing very well now on Raw. And I believe he was never part of Raw even in the first run. He was always just part Smackdown, of SmackDown. ECW. So it was a new, you know, fresh uh, start for him. Um, on the SmackDown side... I believe acquiring Jeff Hardy was pretty good. It'll bring a, uh, you know, f- some, you know, different style to SmackDown. But it also puts him, I think, it puts him closer in line to title shot. You think so? Yeah, because although in continuity, right, and from the historical perspective, right, of sports entertainment, uh, AJ's heavyweight belt is the actual belt in lineage, the actual WWE mm-hmm. title. And the universal title, although it's a new thing, it's more in line with like what was the WCW heavyweight title when it came, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as prestigious. And the thing is, because that universal belt's on the A show, I feel like they treat that one more like the important belt to have. You know, because... Technically, AJ is in the face, and they keep putting Brock Lesnar with that belt. They keep putting Roman Reigns, you know, in battle for that belt, right? In order to get this belt to be so associated like with the face. AJ is being overshadowed. I'm not saying AJ is being overshadowed. Oh, the belt. What, I'm, what I'm saying is that Jeff Hardy is now in line to probably get a title belt for a heavyweight title belt, being on SmackDown than being on Raw because I think if he beats AJ Styles like somehow it's okay but for him to beat a Brock Lesnar for him to take that title from or or take that spot from like Roman Reigns ain't happening you know I feel like Raw is where they build all the younger superstars really and they try to like cement the face of the place not so much like SmackDown where it's like AJ AJ's in his 40s Right, he he's probably got a couple of years left, right? It, you know, I'm not saying that because I think that's what it is, but who knows how he wants to call it. But I feel like that title belt has a bit more of uh, give than the universal title, and that like if you go from SmackDown, if you're a if you're the Jinder Mahal's, the Jeff Hardys, even the Broken Mats you have an opportunity to win this belt. Because, I mean, look, even Bray Wyatt won the WWE have, uh, WWE belt from SmackDown, right? So you can see, like, that belt has a bit more flexibility as to who can contend and who can get it because it's the B-Show. Now, in our last episode, we discussed the Fox deal. And, you know, now they want to maybe, and they probably should, and they probably will treat SmackDown as the A-Show. So who knows how that happens now. But... Because the face that, because the person they want to put as a face, and because John Cena's not on that brand, I feel like there's more opportunity to grow on SmackDown and for guys like a Jeff Hardy to come and take that belt. 
you know, so. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you that everybody will have a more flexibility of the being a contention of a title shot for the WWE title. Now, for me, um, you know, this roster split, one of the things that's kind of upset me is that the authors of Pain aren't featured heavily more on Raw. Right? I felt like the Authors of Pain were such a huge tag team coming up that they were going to probably have the best success as a tag team and probably the most do- one of the more dominant tag teams there. And we really haven't seen that yet with them. They're like, There's like no storyline. And then they got rid of Paul Ellering, which I thought was cool. And what's up? What's up with that? You know? Again, lost in the shuffle. That's my biggest fear for some of these stars. And it's, it's a shame. It's, it is a shame because, like, why... Why move a guy like Victor and Connor of the uh, of the dissension for what? You know, like why? Just leave them where they are. You know, like I can understand a team like Breezango, Tyler Breeze, and <clears throat> Fandango were like probably some of the better like better parts of SmackDown. Like maybe maybe not even so much the ring stuff as much as the Fashion Police files, right? And I'd hope that them going to Raw signified, like, something big for them. You know what I mean? Something new. And that just really hasn't happened, you know? Like, I mean, the Usos stayed, uh, you know, they stayed on SmackDown, right? Uh, New Day stayed on SmackDown, right? And then, you know... How that helps them is, though, now they have Gallows and Anderson to battle with. They have uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, right? So those are fresh matches. But, you know, what are they going to do with the Raw brand tag teams? You know, like, how do you, uh, you know, what team steps up in the place of a Sheamus and Cesaro, right? I would would hope it was like a Breezango, you know? Because you now have... Broken Matt, uh, Woken Matt, and Bray Wyatt as your tag team champions. That's where easily the Authors of the Pain could come in. Yeah. And feud with them. I don't know. I'd be uh, honest with you. I would love to see a few, you know, in the near future with between the, the four of them. Um, I also believe Fandango and Tyler Breeze could be in contention for a Royal Tag Team title shot. Um, they're both great athletes. Now they're both great athletes and they're very charismatic. They could definitely bring uh, a lot to the tag team division. Um, but, you know, slipping away from the tag team, you know, agenda here, like, you know, what's up with uh, Baron Corbin? I feel you, you have a, a potential main event guy, but, again, they don't pull the trigger. But I don't see Baron Corbin as the main event guy, really. Nope. I see him mid-card. I don't see him yet. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I guess I'm not saying I'm not a big Baron Corbin fan. I'm maybe just not as big a Baron Corbin fan. You know, like, before Baron Corbin, let's see Drew McIntyre in that spot. Good thing you mentioned that. Like, so now I'm, I'm a little confused. So is it the, you know, pushing Drew McIntyre as a... Singles guy or, or a tag team guy? with Dolph Ziggler. I have no idea. Like, you're basically doing Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Okay. With Dolph and Drew. 
Now, Drew should have been broken off as a single competitor so he can have the same kind of success that Jinder Mahal did. He should have just sent, left them or sent him to SmackDown. Not really Raw. He's going to get lost in a shuffle on Raw. See what I'm saying? Yeah, because I feel like Dolph Ziggler is just a mouthpiece. But also, Dol- what about Dolph Ziggler's push? What are you doing with Dolph Ziggler, too, man? Like, Listen, they haven't done anything with Dolph Ziggler since, like, what, 2012, 2013? But this is why I rate the show a B, and maybe even a B- minus now, really thinking of it. Like, look, <clears throat> if Elias, Braun, Roman, Seth, maybe Kale. Right, is there anyone else that I'm missing that could be like uh, in, in a title contention picture? On Raw? Who's been there or not been there? Because I don't feel like they're going to push Bobby Lashley that way either. Uh, I could push Bobby Roode. Okay, and look, and then there's Bobby Roode. I told everyone Bobby Roode. You know, like, what are you doing, man? There's just, there's such an overabundance of talent on this, on, on both these rosters, right? Like, how do you manage that? How do you manage all of this talent and then, like, you know, give each one their opportunities? I mean, you got the heavyweight titles. Then you got a U.S. title. You got an INC title. You got tag team belts. So it's like each person can be sectioned off to each thing. But, like, do that. Don't just, like, leave them in, like, abyss or in, like, limbo. You know what I mean? Like, do something with your talent. Yeah, like, honestly, I think Bobby Roode should have stayed on SmackDown. He's doing great over there. Yeah. Um, I think the move, yeah, the move would, would definitely hurt him in the long run on Raw. Because on Raw, technically, when you think of Raw now, to me, all I think of is uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, that's what I think. Or... Whenever John Cena decides to grace us, right? Like, I think it's, it's always... These are guys... John Cena less these days, though. Mm-hmm. But I associate Raw with, like, Roman Reigns. And he's, like... I mean, and he's yet really not, like, the face. Because, you know, by this point in John Cena's career, he's probably already had a couple of world title runs. You know? More than five. Yeah, and that was even feuding with, like, Randy Orton. You know, so... And Triple H. And Triple H. You know, and Bradshaw, you know, like, there was, like, I just, I don't get it. I really don't get, because when I think of the face of of Raw, or just that it be in general, I think Seth Rollins. Yeah. In your opinion, though. But, you know, mostly the marquee is Roman Reigns. But even then in the marquee, really, not really. Because the fans hijack the shows when he's on. No one's ever been like, Roman, Roman, Roman. You know what I mean? Like, like no one's ever, like, shouting out Roman Reigns at the top of the list. Well, I understand what you're saying, but, I'm, I'm, you know, like if we were to do a word association, you know, game or test, you mentioned, you know, now, the present state of Monday Raw, like I said, for me, like, Roman Reigns. If you used to say, you know... SmackDown, AJ Styles. So, and then, and you know, when they shoot these commercials, like, you know, airing for SmackDown and Raw, we see Roman Reigns for Raw, AJ Styles for SmackDown. Let me ask you a question. If Mojo Raleigh <laughs> somehow 
won the heavyweight belt on either brand. Do you then associate Mojo Rawley as the face of the company? Not the face of the company. Which is exactly why I don't picture Robin Reigns as the face of the company. Because, yeah, he's promoted to be, but he's really not because the fans dictate, I think, with, like, ovations, with with booing and cheering. And I feel like even still, like, Roman needs to, like, fall back. And they've done it with him, kind of, because, like, he got suspended. He came back and he won the INC belt, right? But he never got the title belt. But he's always been in contention for the title belt again. So, I don't get it, because if you don't let him beat Brock Lesnar when it counts, how do you expect to have people follow and believe that this is the face of your company? Remember, we still got SummerSlam. There's going to be another rematch between them two, which I believe that's, I think that's the route they're taking. Um, but even then, I don't, I, I, just, I just don't view SummerSlam with the same, like, awe and spectacle that is Wrestlemania just like that greatest Royal Rumble or whatever it meaningless it was meaningless meaningless except that Titus O'Neil slid the way he slid into the ring but uh, aside from being meaningless it's like now you basically just said to me that the Royal Rumble that just took place in January meant nothing Pretty much. Yeah, because you're calling it the greatest Royal Rumble. And you also promoted the other Royal Rumbles being great in its own way. But now it's not. Now there's a greater. But, you know, that's the WWE, right? And that's why, that's why again, like I said, like going back to this draft, because, I mean, I, it, it all just, like, intersects and all just kind of makes sense. Just, like, I honestly just don't think that this draft selection or anything like that was as, like, predominant. Like, it just wasn't, I don't know what was supposed to be important, right, with some of these moves. What are the matchups you're building? Where are you going with this? Who's going to now fall down in, in the, you know, in order of who was where with this superstar shakeup, right? Because it seems to me like on the Raw side of things, even though you brought new talent, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins... Elias, Braun are somehow promoted as your top top four, right? And Elias, not so much yet, but I still think Elias, because of the uh, of the pop he gets from the audience, that he's like kind of getting there. I give him a year. Another year, I think. To get to where he has to get to. Yeah. That's true. Um, it, it's sad because, and I, I blame this all on Brock Lesnar. You would you would still see Hogan on TV like every once in a while, but not at but at more of a frequency and rate than you see Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar has not been on TV. Brock Lesnar has not been mentioned, and and basically Hogan was almost at every pay per view, right? And before they were a little bit more spaced out, but he was there. With Brock Lesnar, there's so many pay-per-views now that it's, notice- it's noticeable that he's not there. Yeah, he was supposed to be part of uh, Money in the Bank coming up in two weeks. He's not advertised for that. Yet. And I don't know what's the reason why he's not showing up for Money in the Bank. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it was like you're saying, you know, this this could be that thing where, you know, they go SummerSlam and they give the belt to someone else, right? Maybe one of these guys that were drafted, probably Roman Reigns, if that's the, if that's the point. But, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But let, let's not, let's try not to focus too much on the guys who are there, actually, um, who, who still haven't moved. Let's 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 take a look. Uh, let's take a look around at these draft picks, right? For both shows, who who here do you think on both shows, right? You know, from the superstar shakeup, who do you think that was drafted on Raw or new face to Raw? Do you think has a chance to be breakout stars for the men and for the women? Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode could definitely be a, a breakout star for Raw. Um, the only thing I'm just afraid that the storyline they'll put him in that he'll be you know he'll be lost in the shuffle. Um, don't send them right away to the main storyline, the main uh, you know event storylines. Keep them U.S. title base. Give him probably to the end of the year, and then see what can you get out of him in a main event role. And then up there with the Roman Reigns and the Braun Strowman and Elias. The only thing is that that right now they're being so focused and revolve around and for all both Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I think you know who who here has like the chance to be like breakout star uh probably Bobby Roode I want to say Bobby you know I want to say Bobby Lashley on Raw but I feel like he's been there but I also feel like are they gonna give him like the kind of push they gave him before because he's an older guy but still is Bobby Roode where they're probably the same age you know um but I think Bobby Roode does have more personality more character his gimmick lends itself to be very popular as a heel and even extra popular as like a baby face with the glorious chance right so i agree with you here i think uh i think you know bobby Roode, right and for the women who do you think has a chance of, of breaking out over here that move to um that move from smackdown to raw I'll be honest with you, I can't really say. I don't I don't see any movement or anyone that could break out. Um, I think right now with Raw they're so focused on the the feud Ronda. between not even Ronda, it's just like um Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey and I and I'm pissed that they didn't pull the trigger on that feud. That could have been a great WrestleMania oh, yeah, yeah. match. It's it's you know, and then you mentioned Ronda Rousey. Their main focus is that right now. One, because, remember, she's coming from a UFC background. Yeah. So you have all those eyes on Ronda Rousey, and that's definitely going to give ratings to Raw. Now she's challenging for the WWE Women's, uh, the Raw Women's title, which is definitely a big deal. And if Ronda Rousey was to definitely defeat Nia Jax at Money in the Bank that is coming up, that's definitely going to boost up um, Ronda Rousey's career on a, in the WWE and also bring a whole lot of new viewership to the Raw brand. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I would say the person here that probably has like the best chance of breaking out, it's got to be like Ruby Riot for me. You know, I, I don't know. I think Ruby Riot's got a look. She's got the skills, and I, and I think, I think she's edgy, and I feel like almost I, she kind of reminds me of Edge in a weird way. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the arm tattoos or something like that. Uh, could be her ring gear, but but I do like her. I do like her. I think she might have the most and best potential. Like Natty, for example, she's already had her run. She's been there, done that. So I don't think she'll be the breakout. Um, but that's a possibility. Um, let's let's look at the uh, SmackDown roster. Which man on the roster, uh, whether it's from the shakeup or a call-up, well, male and female, who do you think has the most potential here? I could definitely see um, the Miz breaking out again and going for a title run on SmackDown. And definitely a few with your AJ Styles, your Shinsuke Nakamura, um, you know, your, you know, once, you know, every other month with John Cena showing up. But definitely I think the move from Raw to SmackDown is definitely a good thing for the Miz to get back on the title picture. And be a, a main event guy again. Well, let me ask you a question. With the Miz, it looks like you uh, like you missed the like kind of like um, easiest and probably most like notable feud there possible with Daniel Bryan. Not enough that for you. Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> I know you're okay. you, you're a huge uh, Daniel, okay. Daniel Bryan fan. Okay. okay. No, no, I mean I am, but I, I thought you know that was definitely worth the mention. But I do appreciate it, but. I'm going to focus in on a different aspect of it, but uh, who do you think here female has a chance to uh, break out? Oscar. Okay. Oscar definitely has the potential to do uh, bigger things on SmackDown. And also, I think she was lost a little bit in the shuffle on Raw. Um, nothing against Nia Jackson. I think she just overshadows the whole women's division. Not saying that she's bad, it's just that I think right now, you know, they're focusing on, you know, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, which makes sense. So I think Oscar going to SmackDown was a better move for her. Um, as a competitor, definitely feud maybe longer with Charlotte uh, uh, Flair. So we'll see about that. Yeah, see, for me, I think, uh, well, I think as far as males uh, who can dominate, who can like be at the top. Uh, I'm not going to say The Miz here, but I do think The Miz has potential for another title run, and it's easier to do it here on this roster than on the Raw. But I got to go uh, Andrade Cien Almas. I think this is the breakout star. I think, like, he was floundering in NXT when he was a face, you know? But once he went to that heel gimmick, like, far exceeded expectations. And his match with Aleister Black was classic. Um, I think he has the ability to be that, like, next Latin star that Del Rio could not become. You know, uh... He, I think, maybe even surpassed Rey, Rey, Rey Mysterio. 
uh, as far as in the WWE, not as far as his overall body of work and other organizations and stuff like that. But I think, uh, you know, along with Selena Vega, like, being like the mouthpiece and stuff like that, they're a great tandem. And I think uh, Andrade Cien Almas is definitely a future heavyweight champion. I think this is your breakout star. As far as women goes, I'm going to go uh, Sonya Deville. Like, I, I like Asuka's already done it on Raw. Like, I mean, for me, you know, that's why I got to go with Sonya Deville. I feel like Asuka's kind of done it on Raw already. Uh, NXT, you know, granted she didn't go after the title, uh, you know, against Alexa at, at WrestleMania, but it looks like they had been building to an Alexa, uh, n- you know, Nia Jax thing, but then also I guess they needed to give her a credible opponent to beat her, so getting pinned by Charlotte at uh, WrestleMania was the way to go. But uh, I gotta go Sonia Deville. I just like I like the MMA style that she brings to it. Uh, she's a beautiful woman, by the way. And I think she's just, she's got the potential to kind of like break out, you know. Um, in absolution, you know, she was definitely the looks like to be the more physical uh, of the bunch but then again you know with Paige having the injury she had uh you know that was a thing but uh it's you know it's it's uh it's 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 definitely something I you know I I think I think she's gonna be heavyweight champion at some point for us for for the women women's champion um you know and that's it but uh what were you gonna say were you gonna say something no, adding to uh, you know what you said about you know all these you know male and females that are gonna break out in you know both shows, but you also gotta put it to perspective that most of these stars that were you know traded to Raw, traded to SmackDown, they're also there to help out the sixteen guys that are there, both in the women and male yeah. division. So. I look at feuds. I just look at future feuds, future storylines. You have a guy that comes in, like like I said, The Miz comes in, you know, again, feud with AJ Styles. I would love to see a Miz and AJ Styles feud. Like, you know, also the, the one that everybody wants to see is The Miz and Daniel Bryan, which would be also interesting as well. On Raw, you know, you have someone like Bobby Roode that could feud with a Finn Balor. Yeah, of course. And I would definitely love to see a match like, you know, in, in, of that caliber on a, you know, either Raw or a Raw pay-per-view. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think, you know, <clears throat> I think that, yes, everyone's been moved around to help each other and it creates the possibility of dream matches, mm-hmm. right? But my next point was going to be, I mean, look, as great as these dream matches can be, someone's got to take the L, right? Exactly. Now, Who's the guy that's taking the most L's, right? Because put it like this, okay. So, you know, if we got a guy like, um, let's say for example here, Jinder Mahal. You know what? No, no, no. Better yet, Mike Kanellis. Let's go with Mike Kanellis here, right? Mike Kanellis has possibility of being bigger or higher on the card. But it looks like he's probably more like enhancement talent. Right now, even though there's potential for a Mike Kanellis, let's say, if you put him in a match against Finn Balor, if you put him in a match against uh, 
Braun Strowman, if you put him against a match against uh, Bobby Roode, if you put him in a match against uh, maybe even uh, Baron Corbin, right? You know, Elias, Seth, whatever. Who do you think is taking the L in all these matches, right? Okay. Even though they may not be true matches, there is a possibility the guy could maybe put on great matches, but then he becomes enhancement talent. He's taking all these L's, right? Same, similar. The other ones look good. Similar to Dolph Ziggler, right? Like Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins, great match. Soft, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler versus the Finn Balor be a great match, right? Because of the uh, of their styles, they present themselves to be to be that, you know. But he's probably he's probably going to be putting these guys over, and as great as your dream matches are, now Dolph gets lost in the shuffle because now he's putting on great matches and he's performing, but he's also losing them. He's also losing a lot, you know. So I, I think that that in a way sucks, and you see. My next point was going to be, like, who here gets lost in the shuffle? That was going to be, which male and female from this draft gets lost in the shuffle? Well, on Raw, I believe, I, I, don't, I don't believe they're going to do anything with Mojo Raleigh. It'd be, like you said, an enhancement wrestler. But I think Mojo already extends himself as enhancement talent, though. I don't feel like it's a big loss. I just never picture Mojo as anything. Maybe let me rephrase it. Which person here with the, with potential, right, gets lost in a shuffle? Who can actually be, let's just say who can actually be like a heavyweight champion or can have great, great feuds with people. Who here do you think has the most potential that's going to get lost in the, in, in the shuffle? For... Uh, I guess let's, let's do them individually by roster. Uh, so for the for Raw, for the male division, yeah, I believe Kevin Owens is going to be lost in the shuffle. Okay. You know, he has definitely a main event, you know, caliber type of, you know, charisma. But, yeah, definitely with all those other guys on Raw, he'll definitely be lost in the shuffle. For the women's side on Raw, I will have to go with um, Bailey. I think they haven't really done anything with Bailey, but mind you, Bailey was she was just left there. I know you're looking for you know women that were traded, you know traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's true though, because there are people who are already on the roster that will become casualties to this possibly. I believe Liv Morgan will be lost in that shuffle. Okay. Yeah, even though they're still pushing the the Rise Squad, you know, as a dominant but also female she, team. Like, I don't mean to cut you off and interrupt you, but also she, she kind of reminds me of like Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Oh, the the, the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But no one does better than an Alexa. You, you, but, you never uh, know. Yeah. You never know. Okay. And first, you know, going to the the SmackDown Live uh, show for the male. I believe has to be with an injury prone uh, big cast. You lost in that shuffle. Yeah, they'll put him in here, throw it out here and there, but not. He'll never surpass that maybe mid level yeah. type of uh, caliber. And then, then for the you know for the women, you know it has to be uh, Mandy Rose. You lost in that shuffle as well. Mandy Rose, who is she? Absolutely, she's the blonde. 
Yes. Liv Morgan is also blonde? Yeah, but she's from the... The Riot Squad. Did I get my blondes confused? I think we, I had, think, I think yep. we got a blondes confused. Whoops. I had a blonde moment. Anyways, so, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so you picked your two for both brands, right? Then to get lost? All right. Well, here, here's my raw. My raw loss in a shuffle for the draft is going to be Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre got drafted to the wrong show. I think he's being paired up with the wrong person. I think Drew McIntyre needs to, A, be on his own on Raw to survive, or he needs to go to SmackDown. Because, like, much like Jinder Mahal, these guys left the WWE, build themselves back up, worked on what they needed to work on, came back, and you know, made it to where they made it to, right? So, uh, Drew McIntyre had instant success in uh, in NXT. But I want to see that momentum translate to it. Because, I mean, look, even back in the day when he was the guy, Vince's chosen one on SmackDown, he showed potential. You know, he got on, he probably got on the bad side of a couple people, you know, there. Uh, you know, there was that incident with his uh, former wife, Right. Um, what was her name again? Shoot. Um, who was she in the WWE again? Do you remember? I remember, yeah, but just the name. Eventually uh, she went to Impact. She was like Tamara something or the other, right? Or Tyra, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so he got buried after after that incident, right? That that happened with the, with them. And he got lost in a shuffle. And then he's part of the three-man band. And, I mean, Drew McIntyre went from having this great potential to just being this joke, joke and handsome talent. Now he's back. Different gimmick. He, he looks physically like a bigger specimen than he was when he was first in the WWE as, as a chosen one. Um, and I think he's going to get lost in a shuffle. Uh, on the Raw brand, you know? I think seeing him on SmackDown would have been better for him. And that would have been the best, best for business. Remember, he was originally on SmackDown before. In his first run. But not now. Not now that he's gone, he's traveled, and he's better than he was, you know? Um, I think he would have... I, but I think he would have thrived on SmackDown, though, to be honest. He would have, he would have thrived on SmackDown. Who um, gets lost in this shuffle here from the draft? Natty. Natty Nyhart, you know, I think she becomes now a handsome talent for Raw and not really in the forefront of the storylines like she was for a while on the SmackDown brand, you know. So that that I think is gonna it's gonna affect her. Um, for SmackDown, you know, here's an interesting one because. I don't care if Big Cass gets lost in a shuffle, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I think The Miz has potential to thrive. I think Samoa Joe isn't in a bad place. I think he'll do better there than he would on Raw, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like the the raw roster is oversaturated, 
and the SmackDown roster, it's like, it's weird. There's like maybe potential for everyone, you know what I mean? I just can't look at, at, at any of these names right here and think that anyone's gonna get lost. Maybe, maybe Sanity, maybe Eric Young. Eric Young has potential. But they haven't even aired on TV yet. No, but I think they've they done, done a live like, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Supposedly the thing is that uh, they already have a storyline set up for them, but it's not until a couple months from now. Which is fine. I mean, look, as long like, I just like that Eric Young is in the WWE, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But I think right now they seem to be the ones that get lost in the shuffle. So um, I, know, I know one of the things you had mentioned to me before was, like, one of your regrets was that, like, there was no real title shuffle. Winning the title that night, I'm like, great. Jinder Mahal just got here, lost the belt to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy now a singles champion again. Then, you know, so happened that he took back the belt to SmackDown the next night, which was kind of a bummer. I'm like, okay, I see that I want to switch the belts here. Just going to keep a you know, U.S. title on SmackDown and then the IC belt on Raw. You know, so the thing is, too, right, like the INC belt, has now kind of been built up to, like, being a prestigious title again, right? Uh, you know, you had guys like Seth Rollins, The Miz, having these, like, you know, feuds, and, you know, like, the belt on Raw, the INC belt now means so much more because the fact that the Universal title isn't being defended on a weekly basis. So <clears throat> they've, good, they've done a good job of, like, rebuilding the Intercontinental title, you know? So I also wonder if that had an impact as the reason why, you know, they kept the Universal, uh, I'm sorry, they kept the United States Championship on SmackDown because they do, an act, they do have an active WWE Heavyweight Champion and that belt's, you know, defended on all their pay-per-views where they have the champion. Um, you know, you do see the Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown almost all the time. He's in some sort of competition. You know, so without Brock being there, I think, uh, you know, on Raw, if you got rid of the U.S., uh, I'm sorry, if you got rid of the INC belt, would the U.S. belt have that kind of uh, glory and that kind of, like, you know, prestige that <clears throat> the INC belt has now, right? Uh, I don't really look at the U.S. belt and the INC as prestigious, right? Because basically an intercontinental title is their heavyweight title. And it looks like their INC champions are actually having the best matches, which is kind of used to be like back in the day. The workhorses always held the INC belt, the Razors, the Bretts, the Shawn Michaels, right? And that's kind of what they're doing here now with the INC belt, right? And it's, and it's a way to kind of fill in the gap of the universal title not being on the show, right? So... Um, I, I, that's how I, I, that's why I kind of think that's what happened, but you're right, you know, like, what if, uh, you know, what if you would have had the INC belt and the U.S. title on, on Raw? That could also have been smart, too, because now you have an extra belt to defend because you don't have, you know, you don't have this, um, <clears throat> this title anymore. But then SmackDown could have just, you know, had the one belt, or they could have created a, a title like they did on NXT, which was the North American Championship or whatever, yes. or title. Uh, you know, they could have done that, but they chose not to. Uh, you know, they, and they went the way of, hey, Jeff Hardy wins on Raw. Jeff Hardy goes to SmackDown. Um, but would it have been interesting, like, if the heavyweight champions would have been drafted to different shows and 
you know. Yeah, I knew that. Did you think that happen. was going to happen or no? No, no right? No. I, I knew for a fact that wasn't going to happen. But you make a good point with the IC belt being on Raw and the U.S. title staying on SmackDown. Because, again, like you said, Raw's heavyweight belt right now on the show itself is the IC belt. Now, um, let me ask you a question. So, what about the you know, tag team belts and the women's belt? Now, what, does it matter if those shows would have switched brands or the people holding the belts would have switched brands because they're the champions? Like, <clears throat> do you, you know, how do you view those those titles? What have well, been interesting to remember, they call it the, the Raw tag team titles and the SmackDown tag team titles. What could have happened is the Raw tag team titles currently, which is um, held by Woken Matt and Bray Wyatt. I'm just putting a scenario out there. If they would have been drafted to SmackDown, Should have they left? Should they leave with the belts or no? Because they are the raw tag, the raw tag team titles, and have a vacated belt, and for another team to step up, or like a tournament of some sort, or a battle royal so, to determine new champions. So basically, in your scenario, Bray and Matt go to SmackDown, but relinquish. Them. But they have to relinquish the belt because they would have been two belts, and then now you have to have. A tournament. Well, <clears throat> I think what you could have done, you could do that, but they could have also taken the belts, and then you could have unified the tag team titles Again. on both brands, and then you could have created new belts on Raw, but they probably would have looked the same anyways. But you could do that, but um, but the, you know, only because like you know, I guess champion versus champion makes things interesting, but it also could have been like a winner goes to the other show. You know what I mean? Like loser leaves type of situation but um I, I don't know man i don't know if the tag team belts to me even matter or like i don't know i i, I guess those are like two belts that i don't know they, they don't they don't make it interesting uh, aside from the usos and new day like i don't know i don't know i feel like the smackdown tag picture looks way stronger but the raw yeah I <clears throat> yeah now it does too and i was actually thinking this the other day <clears throat> that would have been very on a positive note would have been good for both brands if they just had one tag team title for both brands yeah. since now the pay-per-views are co-branded, co-branded. Yeah. so have one tag team title for both brands and then because technically they don't have a lot of teams nowadays no they don't on both shows yeah so what you got off the bat you got the Usos the Bludgeon Brothers New Day, New Day and Sheamus Cesaro, the bar, the bar. The bar. Um, then on Raw, you pretty much have Authors of Pains, uh, the Dissension, uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. So Rizango, Bray, Matt. Oh, and then we f- we forgot uh, Anderson and Gallows on SmackDown. Okay, so, so five teams on SmackDown. So the, yeah, and I'm trying to. There should be another fifteen on Raw. If I'm I don't know if you want to put Drew McIntyre as both of your other team, but yeah, I think you, I think you, I think you got so five and five. Yeah, so five and five. Classify them, you know. So um, why not? Like you know, you could definitely have a bunch of different views. Well, because then the thing happens is, then what's the point of the draft if you're gonna have people kind of like interacting with both shows, right? Um, 
I mean, the only scenario that I guess that for me would have mattered would have been if, like, the Bludgeon Brothers get drafted, they go to Raw, and, you know, uh, Bray and, and Bray and Matt go to go to SmackDown, right, just as an even whatever, or what you could have done is, right, similar to Jinder and Jeff, that that particular episode of Raw or the next episode of SmackDown, you could have had something like the Bludgeon Brothers could have faced off against Rizango, let's say, right? <clears throat> and, you know, they win the belts, they take it to Raw. Bray, Matt dropped the belt to the bar. You know what I mean? Something like that. You know, like similar to that, that scenario. Yeah, so now those belts have been switched. But also, I don't think it matters because the Raw, see, like, I don't know that the tag team, changing tag team belts matters as much as, like, switching the INC and US belt and possibly the Universal and the, uh, you know, and the heavyweight title. Only because... The tag team belts are based uh, are essentially the same thing. They're not like like different weight class, different anything. You know, it's not like a junior tag team. The only thing is just that the because uh, <clears throat> they have the same name, it's just really a change in the like actual the color, the color of the, the belt thing. that it's on. That's right? why that's <clears throat> nowadays the universal title should have just been another color. And it's red for as I'm raw. Yeah, but it's just like. I guess maybe it just says something like I don't know, I, but I but I feel because it has a different name, you could do it, and it doesn't matter at that point anymore. Even you know, like a, well, because think of it, the world title belt is in blue. Yeah, right. It's just it's just a black. black strap, right? The strap is is what it is. But it's just the lineage at that point that that matters. You know, they create this title belt and then it goes. You know, like the world the world heavyweight title belt. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. It was a raw title and created for Raw by Eric Bischoff, or brought back for Raw by Eric Bischoff. Then it's prop. Then then it's being won and, and defended on SmackDown, right? Once you know, once people get drafted, and I guess very similar to the women's title, right? <clears throat> Does it matter if they switch at this at this point? Because to your tag team, is it? It's like the brand. I really think the only two belts that would have mattered are the are the are the heavyweight. Uh, I'm sorry. The United States Championship and really the Intercontinental Championship. Because those are the only two that actually have this, like, current, like, lineage to it, right? And one was a WCW belt, <clears throat> there was a WWE belt. Except, you know, the United States has not been adapted to be a, a WWE, WWE belt. belt. Um, <clears throat> but I feel that the design should be upgraded. Yeah, but I guess the only, the, the way I view it is the swapping of titles really only matters based on who's who that title is attached to. If Charlotte went to Raw and not and Nia Jax went to SmackDown, then I don't think it matters what color the strap is. I think if it's associated with someone strong, then it's cool. Because mm-hmm. essentially what ends up happening is then you start you start to kind of, you know, it, it starts to take on yeah, a meaning of what it is, which is just a title belt, right? Just a championship. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, aside from the U.S. belt and the Intercontinental title, that it really matters 
where the belts are. But essentially, it's not really about the belts as much as the drafts. It's about the superstar shakeup. Okay. Right? So, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's a good point. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that point. Yeah, ah, thanks. Yeah, you're right. Because I, I thought, yeah, it was a, you know, you can't move the Raw attack title to SmackDown because it's the Raw attack team title. Yeah. You can't move the SmackDown attack team title because it's a SmackDown attack team title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. But, you know, it's, uh, you know... It makes sense. It makes sense. It's, it's and like who was it that said? Uh, it's the it's the superstar that makes the belt, not the yeah, belt not the, the superstar. yeah, exactly. You know, because I mean, look, the Intercontinental Title wasn't was essentially not an important title for a long time, and then eventually, because of Brock Lesnar, essentially, you know, having the belt for as long as he's had it, he needed some other title belt to kind of fill in that void of importance and. The Intercontinental title was always an important belt. Then it was downplayed, and now it's important again. You know, and that's cool because if you put that belt on Finn Balor, you know, if you put that belt on Elias, if you put that belt on Braun, it just kind of means like this is that belt again that's stepping, that sets people up for the next stepping stone, which would maybe be the heavyweight, uh, the Raw, you know, heavyweight uh, Universal Championship. But let me ask you a question, man. <clears throat> so with this with this draft. Right with this draft, essentially the way it was, we both rated it a B, right? But I mean, look, it's we've had some good matchups, right? One of one of one of the uh, <clears throat> you know one of the perks right from the draft, right? You see some weird team ups like uh, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, what? With this draft being what it is, what are the dream matches that you expect to see or that you want to see with a superstar shakeup? Taking you know current roster, you know taking current superstars from the rosters that weren't moved, now now being able to interact with another group of guys right for matchups. What are the dream matchups you want to see? And even including you know people that returned like Bobby Lashley or call-ups. Those two rules of NXT call-ups. Yeah, including everyone, including everyone. AG Styles versus uh, Andrade Sin Almas. That could be a definitely great feud. Um, Has potential to definitely steal steal the show here and there. Um, for uh, that'll be for SmackDown, of course. For Raw, I'm a Bobby Roode fan. I okay. like to see Bobby Roode actually step it up and be on the main event picture. So I definitely would like to see him, you know, go against, like, not a Brock Lesnar. Like, you know, once after Brock Lesnar, you know, drops the belt to whomever. I would love to see... Uh, right now, it would be good to see uh, Bobby Roode versus uh, Seth Rollins. Okay, yeah, I was thinking of that myself right now. Um, for me, the true matchup is Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That's the one for me, because... They both have very similar styles, but the thing is, it's the, it's the MMA thing that attracts me to that matchup. You were supposed to have some sort of fight in MMA, am I correct? Or, <clears throat> uh, I don't uh, know, because one was... I think Bobby Lashley started off in Strike Force, then yes. Bellator, went to Bellator, and Brock Lesnar's been exclusively signed to the UFC, or it's 
competed to the UFC aside from his one MMA match, and I forget what promotion it was, um, in Japan. And I don't... I think, you know, Bobby Lashley, if he maybe had left Bellator, I don't know if there's ever been interest in the UFC to bring Bobby Lashley over. Bobby Lashley had become a very good MMA fighter, actually. Um, but if we can't see it in the UFC... This is the marquee matchup for the WWE, I think. You know, very similar styles. You can have kind of like... Do you remember Do you remember the Lions Den match? Oh, yeah. Right? Two of them, I believe. It was Dan Severin, Ken Shamrock, and then it was Ken Shamrock Owen Hart, right? Is that it? It's, uh, uh, I believe... Yes. Right? <clears throat> okay. So, you can have, A, something similar. Maybe you actually let them go really stiff on the match. Or, you know, you just have a match where it's just both of them. I mean, look, it could be, potentially has the possibility of being Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg WrestleMania 20. Or potentially it has the possibility of being a really good match, right? Um, <clears throat> but that, that's something I want to see. But then that's more like fantasy booking and who knows what the legitimacy of that actually being a good match is. Um, you know, but I think on I think on SmackDown, I'm probably more interested in maybe like Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, though I'm <clears throat> I'm pretty sure TNA's had that already. But you know, in the WWE, that's different. But what would intrigue me more is Jeff Hardy versus Sinsuke. I think that would be a great match. I really do. I really think those two would have a great match. Um you know, there's also the possibility, I, I, you know, hopefully maybe seeing uh, Bobby Roode versus Finn Balor, you know, Bobby Roode versus Seth Rollins, Bobby Roode versus Elias, Bobby Roode versus, uh, you know, maybe even, I don't know, well, not really Braun. I guess I was thinking Braun, but not really. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, those those are some of the, the dream matchups I want to see. Uh, you know, I, I don't really... I don't really know because I mean Daniel Bryan's returned, right? So being on SmackDown, I guess the ones you really want to see with the SmackDown roster as is, maybe Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke would be a great program, right? Um, he's like a returning superstar that's kind of shaked up the roster, right? Um, but yeah, man, I don't know that this this shakeup was as good as the one from last year, really. You know? part of the one yeah, and I think and I think all of the great pieces went to where they needed to be, and it worked that way. Uh, you know, the Miz on SmackDown versus AJ could be an interesting, interesting one. Uh, Miz versus Daniel Bryan that could be an interesting one too. Uh, the Miz versus Shinsuke, but Shinsuke is working heel now, so they they'll probably team up more than likely. Uh, let's see for the women's divisions. Anything, anything there that really sticks out to me for the superstar shakeup? I guess maybe Oscar versus like maybe Becky Lynch or Oscar versus Sonya Deville. That could be a very interesting matchup, right? It could be a very interesting match. Um, but on Raw, I, <clears throat> I don't really, I don't really think I have anything that really sticks out to me. I think all the women there are great and they have great matches, anyways. So. I mean, for me, that that's what it is. For the this draft, again, I graded a B. It was, a, it was an okay. I think it was up. okay. Again, like I said, I think we've mentioned people who might get lost in a shuffle. 
you know, Drew matchups, I like to see, like, Drew McIntyre, like, you know, go up against, like, Roman Reigns, you know? Mm-hmm. Guy like Roman Reigns, that'd be another one, you know? But I think, like, all my Drew matches really focus more in on the on, on the Raw roster, you know? But who knows? <clears throat> Maybe, I don't know if one day they consolidate the, sh- the brands again and the rosters, or because they have such an oversaturation of talent that... They have to do the, the brand splits and uh, uh, brand splits, and also, like, if they didn't, I guess more people would get lost in a shuffle because there's only so many spots at the top that you need to like shake things up, you know. But then just remember this: look, you got to look at NXT currently. You got EC3, Ricochet, the Velveteen Dream. Alistair Black. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, the WWE is like, s- got so much talent. Whereas I see why a guy like Kenny o- like, like, see, like, I can see why guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega don't make that transition here to the WWE because, like, where do you go? You know, where do you go? Like, what do you do? What else can you do here when you get here? Get lost in a shuffle? You know? Like, get placed somewhere else? Like, yeah. you know, like... You know, it's it's a great problem to have, I guess, you know. And I really wonder, you know, I really wonder uh, what happens from this point on, right? Uh, as far as, you know, the potential storylines. Maybe we're missing something. We're not seeing something. But either way, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they do some sort of, like, mid-year draft shake up or another draft shake up you know further into fall or something like that right could possibly yeah I mean you never know um, remember the V's up also to every year now is now the tradition that both Smackdown and Raw go head to head as a Survivor Series yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's so true so now we got to see you know how that plays out and that might that might that might you know that might like lend itself to better dream matches but maybe instead of having maybe instead of just of having different like five on five matches maybe you have two traditional five on five or the one five on five but then maybe what why don't you have like one-on-one matches between the brands survivor series you know what i mean like just cross promotion matches you know that that would be that would even be better because like then you can see Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor. You know, then you can see like, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Bobby Lashley versus like Shinsuke. You know what I mean? You can see just like little matches that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah but <clears throat> aside from that, any other thoughts on the draft? Like I said again, it was an okay draft. I gave it a B rating. Um, there was some stuff that could have happened a little bit differently. Um, again, I was bummed out by the IC belt, but. You put in perspective why they went that route with the IC belt being on Raw and the U.S. staying on SmackDown. Um, yeah, like I said, there was some you know <coughs> favorites that I had that happened actually. Like I said Bobby Roode on Raw uh, again. I just don't want to be lost in the shuffle. Hopefully, it doesn't go that route. And we just gotta wait and see how it pans out throughout the rest of the year and then until next year is uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the WWE needs to shy away from having a face of WWE, and they just need to like let guys be the face at the time that they win the belt. You know, 
I don't maybe from maybe from marketing and promotion perspective, you need to have that one person to attract everyone. But I don't think I don't think that guy's there yet. No, I honestly don't. Aside from like maybe making Seth the face of the brand, I mean I don't see it. But then here here's another thing we forgot. Where does Dean Ambrose go when he shows up again? Well, suppose the rumor is he's going to come back heel. But the thing is, does he go to Raw or SmackDown? Go to Raw. But did he get drafted? Exactly. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? No, I, my, I think the idea is if you were to come back to the show he was, was last on. Last on? Which is Raw. Could be interesting if you, I mean, if he does come back heel, uh, I wonder who he would feud with first. Probably it's got to be like the she, someone from the Shield. I would imagine, yeah. The easy way, easy match, easy promotion, right? Kind of writes itself. The belt from um, <clears throat> Seth Rollins. You know, he did already have a run with the IC belt. Yeah. But not over here. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I think that that uh, concludes the podcast for uh, yeah. for this episode, and you know. Well, hopefully, we'll, you know, we can, like, wow you guys, uh, you know, next time out with another one. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, this is your host, uh, Slick Rick, Ravishing Rick. The Cerebral Analyst, Dennis. Signing off. off. Thanks again. Keep listening. Uh, we promise to deliver better content all the time and just get better and better and better at this thing. But, uh, you know, we just need more listens, more views. We just got to get to where we got to get to, and, uh, you know, we'll bring everyone along for the ride. So thanks again, and have a good one. Peace. Peace.